Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast Extra, the High Performance Digital Marketing Podcast Extra. I hope you're ready for a deep dive into some exciting marketing news that's been going on in the digital marketing world. Hi, Tim. Hey, Jess. How's it going? Yes, there's so much change going on and so much happening in the world of digital marketing. We decided to bring the podcast extra back. So this is like a weekly roundup of the goings on and our take on what's happening out there. So there's going to be a lot of AI because that's just what's going on in the world of digital marketing right now. But um, yeah, we're not we're not going to apologize for that. Let's get stuck in. So what's been some of the big news this week, Jess? Well, we have been very, very excited about the Google I.O. conference. We knew coming into it that it was going to be a very, very AIE type conference, that there was going to be a huge focus on AI. And we were not disappointed. Tim, I noticed you've posted some stuff in our handy dandy little document cheat sheet about some Google AI search stuff that I thought you could start with. Yeah, I think the updates to the search results um, were kind of what we were expecting. But nevertheless, it's interesting to just see how profound a change this is going to be to the world of search. For those who haven't seen the announcement, we do actually have a video coming out about this. But basically, the the Google search results are going to have a, a massive section devoted to generative AI. So Google attempting to answer the searcher's query at the top of the search results. So this generative AI section can appear underneath um, shopping listings, shopping ads, but above the organic results. So it's a bit like the sort of featured snippet on steroids. And it looks like it's going to be taking a lot of it's going to be reducing the number of searches that are happening by answering complex questions and answering multifaceted questions. So much fewer searches happening for the for the searches that this thing is showing up. And it looks like part of Google's continued attempts to keep searches in the search results page rather than sending them to websites. So we would expect organic traffic particularly for a lot of informational searches, to drop quite considerably. So for website owners, for marketers, this is absolutely massive. I think it's the biggest change to search that I've seen in my search career so far. And although it has a lot of similarities with with what's going on with Bing and what they're planning, the fact that it's Google and the fact that it has, you know, whatever 96% share of the search engine market means that this is when generative AI is becoming really real for a lot of consumers. So we should expect for the next year to there to be some quite significant um, pattern changes to traffic volumes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Tim, you mentioned there a little bit about kind of asking there being less searches and being able to ask multifaceted questions. And they used a great example in the IO live stream where they used um, great commuter bikes. It was like, what's the best bike for Mm -hmm. commuters? And what would have happened originally is people would have searched for types of commuter bikes, and then they would have sort of distilled it down further, further until they kind of were asking the question they wanted to ask. So what they actually showed in this demo was that somebody asked, what's the best kind of commuter bike? It gave them information about the different types of things that you might want to look out for in a bike and then offered them the chance to ask a follow-up question to which they asked, which can you suggest some red commuter bikes or something like that? So instead of them making one Google search, doing some research, looking up different commuter bikes, then making their kind of transactional search to find some red commuter bikes, they just did it all in one place. And it was, um, yeah, very, very interesting to see, you know, it's almost like you're going into a shop and asking these questions to a sales assistant rather than 
sort of going on a knowledge adventure, I suppose. Knowledge adventure. Yes, I love it. And, and if you think about the sort of the business ecosystem that has existed around that knowledge adventure, so searching for commuter bikes, you would have started off by thinking, okay, what ty- what categories of bike are out there? Okay, maybe I want an electric bike. And then, okay, what are the main brands? And then you'd have narrowed that down yourself to different models. And you would have researched those models. You would have researched their functionality. You would have started to compare them. So we're talking about five or six different types of search that would have happened along that journey. And each of them potentially with, you know, five or six different website visits. And what Google's trying to do is just keep all of that in the search page. So if you think about a lot of the publishers that you would have been to, you know, websites along that journey, if you think about Reach PLC, who own all the, you know, the the sort of uh, a lot of the tech comparison um, type sites or, or future publishing a lot of these publishers where they would have made their money through affiliate revenue, they would have made their money through display advertising. Well, Google's just basically trying to take all of that traffic and hold on to it. So if I'm those companies, I'm thinking this is really seriously bad news. In the week that Vice has filed for bankruptcy, I'm thinking this becomes difficult to continue. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's not, I would say not all hope is lost. And I think a lot of the kind of ranking factors do feel the same. There will just be maybe more emphasis on things like, for instance, in the live stream, they highlighted, oh, there's some sort of shopping kind of panels that have appeared when they were looking at the bikes. And they highlighted things like it's suggested bikes with good reviews. It's suggested businesses that offer free shipping or free returns. So you're definitely going to want to be shouting about the benefits of, of shopping with you, making sure you're getting great reviews, great images, you know, all this kind of thing that will mean that the AI is more likely to choose your page yeah. and your shopping ad, well, not shopping ad, sorry, shopping panel to yeah. show yeah. the results. Yeah, I think that the question for marketers immediately is, right, okay, how does this thing think? How does it decide? And how do we manipulate the hell out of it so that it's continuing to recommend our businesses? Because, you know, search has changed over the years, whether it's featured snippets, we all thought that was going to steal our traffic. And then it turned out, actually, we needed to get the featured snippets so we get even more traffic. Or whether it's influencer marketing and people who you know, searching in different places for answers or making their decisions in different ways. The job of the marketer is basically to use the tools at our disposal and the facts haven't changed. People will still be looking for businesses. They'll still be using search to find products and businesses that they want to buy. And this is just, it's just a different type of game that we all need to play. Uh, We can talk later about the, the new perspectives piece for search as well, but I think it's 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 worth iterating that this generative AI component in search, not everyone is going to want to use it. Um, and it's not going to be right for every search. And it's very easy with all of this AI stuff to equate the, the potential with the reality. So ChatGPT can do anything in theory. In practice, it actually has serious limitations and people still tend to use Google a lot. And I think it'll be the same with this generative AI in search. You know, some of the questions that Google shows in these um, in these demonstrations are actually fairly atypical. This, this isn't how users typically use Google. They don't go onto Google and ask these massive complicated questions and then just trust the answer that comes out. That feels very unnatural to us. And I think we want to, it's a bit like if you, uh, I don't know if you've ever worked with like a, a broker for a mortgage or something like that. You ask them a question and then they give you an answer. And there's a part of you that says, okay, I actually want to do a little bit of my own research. I actually want to do a little bit of my own digging here because 
I don't know the incentive model behind that. I don't know that the answer I'm getting is complete. You know, generative AI does hallucinate, but I've been playing with it today. It's really fast, but hallucinating like crazy at the moment. And I think that there is a trust component there where people won't automatically default to just putting their purchase decisions in the hands of Google's generative AI. Uh, maybe over time that might change. But I think to begin with, this is going to be one of the components that people use when they're finding businesses and products. And it's not going to be the sole one. Absolutely. And if anybody's sort of kind of new to AI and AI terminology, what Tim means by hallucinating is when the AI makes up something but treats it like it's fact, um, which can happen yeah. quite frequently. It will cite stats that aren't real um, and whatnot. But yeah, it's definitely going to have a huge impact on search. But I think there are a few elements as well that Google talked about in the IO conference that are going to kind of impact the way they do the way we do our jobs as marketers, especially if we use Google drive, Google um, workspace, anything like mm. that. For instance, one of the things they've added is or are rolling out is um, content prompting. So the same way that you might, if you have a plugin that kind of helps you write stuff and offer some AI suggestions. I use one called Hyperwrite, which is super useful. Um, but it seems like Google are going to be adding in their own, to Google Drive and it definitely feels like a lot of the tools I use now I was almost checking them off watching the IO thing you know I was like well that one I won't need that one anymore and I won't need this one they also seems like they'll also have a panel that will appear next to your documents called Sidekick that you can kind of use you can use bar directly in your documents copy it over um so yeah I think a lot of the tools that we are using now are going to become free and integrated with the, the programs that we're using already. That is brutal for those businesses, right? I was listening to an interview with Sam Altman and someone had asked him back uh, like seven months ago, which would have been around the time of ChatGPT. Uh, he, he was interviewed and told Reid Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn, that he thought the future of AI was building sort of fine-tuned models for specific use cases and then today or like last week he's saying actually you know people aren't really doing that they're just they're just using you know just using the underlying models and finding that they're perfectly capable i think building an ai app or building like an ai chrome plugin or extension it's like building is like trying to pitch a tent in an avalanche isn't it it's just you don't know where this stuff's going to be in a month's time and google's gonna oh right yeah google's just built your entire app into its products already giving it away free like yeah yeah i think there's also a lot of long-standing apps for instance jasper ai that we've used internally for quite a while that was kind of a pioneer who may start to see you know less customers if they are using um if they are using yeah. google drive um talking of sort of like making you know tools and stuff that can work with your business google also announced project tailwind which kind of they kind of positioned it as like a way that you can write better essays and study better. You can upload a bunch of information and then use the AI to actually help you like write an essay, for instance. But it definitely seems like there's going to be a lot of opportunities to, let's say, upload all your blog posts from your business that are written in the yeah. ideal tone of voice and then pull from them in order to write your content, which I think sounds very, very exciting. Yeah, for me, this was the actually this was the announcement in the in the presentation, which was the most exciting. So you basically yeah. you make sure I get this right, Jess. But you, it's, it lives inside Google Docs. This is actually a prototype as well, so they're not necessarily yes. releasing it. It's just a prototype of what you could build using their their, their platform. But you um, you go inside Google Docs, you choose the docs that you want it to reference, and then you basically ask questions and have it create content against those docs. So I mean, if we're thinking about 
the process of creating, whether it's like white papers or guides or anything like that, the potential to just feed this thing, all of your technical information about your products, um, you know, pages and pages of customer reviews or case studies, and then have it produce really good quality marketing material based on your own data, because that's the key with this. It's based on your own data and your own, you know, it cites its sources when it's referencing docs. So the fact that this thing is tailored to the information about your business, this is the dream. I've always thought of search engine optimization as trying to get the knowledge out of the business and onto the internet in a way that makes it compelling and findable by people. And that is, it's really, it's, it's like a, 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 you know, I can't think of the word, but this is like a, it's an injection straight into the, the side of your business. So you can just suck the information out and publish it. This is really, really, really cool. Um, and again, it wipes out a whole bunch of other businesses, you know, chat PDF and all this type of stuff, but you know, they built on the avalanche. So yeah, no, it's so true. And I can definitely see it being really handy in businesses where you do have to speak to a lot of different people to um, get information. For instance, I mentioned it before, but I used to work in agriculture and you'd have to speak to a lot of different people to get all the information together. And a lot of it could be really technical and they'd be like, Oh, just read this. 50 page product guide and I'd be like wow I definitely have time to do that um whereas you know you'd be able to upload that to the system and get that information that you needed right away which is just fantastic Mm. and I think there's going to be I'm really excited to see what businesses do with that and I think it's going to be yeah like like you said I was also very very excited about um about project tailwind I think it's going to be really really interesting last thing I wanted to touch on in about the google io talk was they had a lot of conversations about ethical and responsible AI, which I really mm. like. Part of me, part because I've just seen uh, as well in an article that Tim shared about Facebook and some AI they're integrating. I feel like the big players, I don't know if they're saying this to sort of go, that's why we're slow. We're not behind anyone. We're totally not behind. Don't worry. We're just careful. Yeah, we're just really careful. Um, but I also, I do really like it. I like that those discussions are being had by the big players. Um, and it makes me feel like a lot more comfortable with the idea of AI um, being part of our lives. I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Tim. I do, unsurprisingly. I I join your uh, your your cynical club, but for a very different reason. I think the looming threat of, uh, of of regulation. We've got four federal agencies in the US who have quite clearly said we're coming for you. We don't need a new agency to regulate you. We're going to do it. Um, FTC threatened forcing companies or, or gave some gave some demonstrations of forcing companies like Weight Watchers to delete algorithms that have been trained on data that they didn't have the right to collect. And if I'm yeah. OpenAI or if I'm Google, I'm thinking, wow, we've just spent potentially hundreds of, of millions yeah. of dollars training these large language models on data that I don't think anyone's going to be able to say 100% certainty they had the right to train it on. I'm not wanting to delete that. I'm not wanting to have to, you know, manually crawl through data and, and, and work out what we can feed into GPT-5 or whatever. So I'm thinking part of this is probably they want to look like careful guardians of this technology. So the regulators don't have to step in and say, this is out of control. Um, I also personally think that ship has long sailed and the regulators have quite clearly set their stalls out. We had a very strong worded EU regulation announcement last week as well with the MEPs agreeing to some pretty hardcore proposal, which is going to have to go through, you know, mountains of years of negotiation, but the regulators are coming. So I think they're trying to look like 
they're being more careful than they have been when this is quite clearly an arms race with very little restriction. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. It's It really has felt like it's just exploded. So much is happening, so much is going on, it's progressing so quickly. I think almost the regulators are also having to kind of scrabble in the same way to be like, whoa, 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 yeah. hang on everyone, chill, slow down. Um, I don't think anybody expected it to quite behave in this way. I know when we were kind of having conversations about it, when it first started to come out, it was like, eh, whatever but if you're one of the people who's kind of in the situation of like uh ignore it it'll go away no it really won't no. um we can speak from experience that we haven't seen anything as quite groundbreaking or something that's shaking things up as much as this has so yeah definitely don't ignore it we have some great videos on our main channel um exposure ninja which you on youtube which you can take a look at which kind of dive into beginners ai and talk about a bunch of stuff um from a marketing perspective if you are new to this and have kind of been hiding your head in the sand um because yeah the sand is just going to get blown away and you're just going to have to face it eventually yeah. so don't get don't get left behind um we also wanted to talk about meta's generative ai well before oh. we do that though there is one more change to google search which oh. has flown under the radar totally Exciting. and that is this thing of perspectives i don't know if you've seen anything about perspectives i have not tim please explain okay so perspectives, I, my my feeling on perspectives is is actually the antidote to generative AI and search results. Mm. So here's basically how it works: if you search for a, if you search for something where it would be useful to have uh, lots of people's opinions on a topic, so let's say I don't know what style is on trend in the summer, right? <laughs> oh, <you know. laughs> <laughs> something better than that yeah. but you know something along those lines right generative ai is going to struggle with that and that's not necessarily the results that you want you don't want some sort of generic computer output what you actually want is you want to hear lots of people's opinions so google has demoed a feature called perspectives where you get a, a little filter at the top of search results if you click that filter what it does is it shows you on mobile it shows you a two column tiered layout of short form video ma mainly short form video so tiktok and youtube shorts where you get different people talking about this topic but they've also mixed in answers from uh like q a type sites like reddit quora forums discussion groups that type of stuff in there as well so this perspectives tab is a collection of individual like user generated content perspectives on a topic and i saw it and thought okay that feels a little bit ineffective because you're then left to hunt through but actually there's quite a lot of searches where that would be really useful and i think this is potentially massive for businesses because this is a whole new type of search engine optimization if you think about it because this is it's essentially influencer marketing as a brand you're going to want to work with people who's who are, who are getting an audience who are being featured in perspectives but you then may need to help them optimize their content to rank for this search you know if you're selling electric bikes for example just to carry on that example and your product is being recommended by five of the top 10 influencers in the perspectives tab you can quite clearly see how that would very easily lead to sales because having someone sell your product on your behalf is a very compelling way of making a sale. Much better than having generic AI say, you know, this one looks like it meets your criteria. Having someone say, look, I've used this thing, it's absolutely freaking brilliant and it does this, this and this. It's very, very compelling. So this looks like a new type of search. It's a bit like uh tiktok for search i think that's the other thing that google's trying to knock out with this announcement is just sort of take that out of the equation or steal some of that back um but it's fascinating and i don't think we saw it coming but it's flown under radar 
No, that's really interesting. I know there's been a lot of discussions about how young people are using TikTok to search because they want to get that personal um that personal view and I would definitely say to anyone who is like okay what do I do now how do I get people to talk about my thing you can definitely incentivize people especially if you're in e-commerce like our favorite totally ethical fast fashion powerhouse Shein are excellent at um getting people to leave reviews you know the more you include in your reviews they want photos they want you to talk about your sizing they want you to write a certain number of words Mm. the more you write the more points you get that you can then put towards more purchases. So I think there would definitely be ways for businesses to sort of say, hey, if you talk about us on Quora and show proof, we will give you a discount voucher or, you know, stuff like that. So there'll definitely be a few different ways that people people start using that for sure. And a whole new model for creators, right? Because if if I'm a creator, I'm now thinking, how do I get my content ranked in perspectives for Shein reviews? knowing that I can use my voucher code and get affiliate commission on all of that. It's, mm-hmm. I think it makes the creator business model much more scalable even than it has been. For sure. That's really interesting. Sorry that I nearly scooted around that, Tim, because right. that was a really good, that was a really good, um, good insight. Uh, we haven't got too long left, but I think we definitely have time to talk about this Meta's generative AI for advertisers, which is quite interesting. Um, it, But it almost feels a little bit, behind (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I was looking at it earlier but essentially they're integrating AI with meta ads is that correct Tim? Yeah it's basically a fairly basic generative AI component in uh, in in their ad manager so the demos are I mean I'm I'm not going to say the demos are groundbreaking because they aren't um, it's basically you can replace the background. So <laughs> there's a picture of a, I don't know, what looks like a face cream or something. And what they've done is they've replaced the background. So they've done one which says NYC Street Blurred. So you just type in the background that you want and then it generates it behind your picture for you. Now, I think with, with things like this, it's important to not just look at what this is, but the direction it's going in. And undoubtedly for brands particularly smaller brands creating good quality ad creative is a very difficult thing to do and it's a total barrier to entry for a lot of businesses they just don't have good quality ad creative to share on facebook which means that they're not going to get the traction that other more established competitors do and then you scale this up and then you've got larger companies that are you know investing huge amounts of money with creative shops that are producing tailored ad creative for loads of different audiences. And I think where Meta is going with this is I expect at some point they will have an option which sort of optimizes your ad creative, both text and image for you based on the audience and and split test as much of this as possible. So that eventually, you know, you can you can see a, a scenario where you will be putting in your, you just feed it your product catalog. It would then go and generate the creative for you entirely. Split test that, split test different modes of creative, video, image, whatever. Uh, and, and it's just, the, you know, the ultimate black box, which is what Meta would absolutely love because then you are totally tied to their platform. So I think this is cool. It's, it, it looks cool, but it's like step one on a 10-step journey and we're, and we're just getting started really. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And if you'd like to see the examples that Tim was screen sharing um, during the live podcast, you can head over to our podcast YouTube channel, um, Exposure Ninja Podcast, to see those there. Yes, very, very exciting. Um, The last thing we have to talk about today is some people, including Rowan Chung on Twitter, have had some 
opportunities to play around with ChatGPT4 with Browse, which essentially is ChatGPT, but connected to the internet. So for those of you who don't know, um, the GPT4 and three model runs off of data that's only goes up till September 2021. So this is quite a big step that this um, tool will be able to access data in real time. So it can do things like, for instance, you could put in a URL, it could summarize a page for you, it can grab info from existing pages. Um, you can analyze the web for trending topics, which is something that I see loads and loads of quite high profile companies suggesting that you do with ChatGPT. And it's totally terrible advice right now, because if you say what's trending, it's going to tell you stuff from 2021, which we've had such a change. It's been like two years. So, you know, that's not going to be trending anymore. Um, I was really shocked. I saw that in. Um, yeah, I'm not going to name names, but some quite big companies touting that as uh, as good advice. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities from a marketing point of view and an SEO point of view um, in terms of things that we can do, for instance, pulling a page from the web and saying, hey, how's my SEO looking, um, you know, or putting in all your blogs and saying, do you think there's any content gaps here? What are my competitors doing that I'm not doing? Um, so, yeah, I think that's I think it's going to be a huge, huge step. What are your thoughts on this, Tim? Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think we're moving to a, a, a world where these the chatbots Bard and ChatGPT chat that have previously been in a box and unable to interact with the world, they are being unleashed and they're being given internet access. Bard has it uh, natively and ChatGPT is, is being allowed it. Um, ChatGPT also, the code interpreter plugin looks like a really big deal where it's able to write and execute Python code which gives it all sorts of capabilities and that can be quite a scary rabbit hole if you spend some time thinking about it um and we are moving to a stage where i, th I think i sort of think of them as, as multi-layered ais so whereas with chat gpt you have a very linear conversation with it you ask it a question it gives you something back you clarify and, and you know it just one after another giving it access to the internet giving it access to different plugins and giving it access to agents like we've seen with auto gpt and baby agi which we won't go into now but allows a, a multi-layered approach where you can give it a more complex task like eventually book me a holiday it then works on the task list it designs a task list and then goes out and implements each of the tasks in the task list bringing back information from the browser bringing back information from these various plugins and extensions and compiling you an, an answer to a much more much more comprehensive answer to a much more sophisticated and nuanced question than you'd be able to get without having internet access it's massive it's the the next generation and it's a step that most a, a lot of people who are worried about safety thought well as long as it doesn't have internet access we're going to be okay and then they're like uh yeah and now you've got internet access so <laughs> yes yeah it's definitely progressing very very fast there's something new every day and that's why it's quite easy for us to kind of have a lot of stuff to talk about in this podcast because yeah. there's a lot i mean there's a lot of rubbish and a lot of drivel um so our goal is to try and bring you the stuff that actually matters to marketers and that you can use and it's important. Um, and our video think, editor's yeah. goal is to cut out the drivel. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Yes, our um, marketing manager, marketing manager Dale is basically saying we've reached Google 3.0. Um, it's definitely taken a whole turn and I think it's it's marketing next level. It's future uh, marketing, it feels. So, I don't know, I, I think... The temptation here is to feel like either this stuff is too far away or that you just can't keep up. My approach is play with this stuff as soon as it comes out. 
as long as you're on the front end of it, user behavior is going to take a while to catch up. As long as you're on the front end, as long as you know, you only need to be one step ahead of your audience. And as long as you are, you're going to be in a good place to take advantage of this stuff subscribe and learn all about the fast moving changes in marketing very cool yeah we're putting out a lot of videos um about ai and how you can use it in marketing um it's all very actionable stuff we're trying to put out stuff that isn't just hey here's the thing that happened we're trying to make sure that you can actually use it um and it's we're speaking from experiences we're using ai and testing it throughout exposure ninja um it's very exciting a lot of fun um we're really passionate about it we're really we are really passionate about ai and um, we're hoping that that we can share that passion with you all. Yes. It's very important. I think that's it for today, Tim. I think it is. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Have a phenomenal rest of the day. And, uh, yeah, don't be destroyed by a robot. Indeed. And see you in the next one. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.